Welcome to the show, Paul George, Adam Conk. I have no name for you today. I'm just here with you. I show up. I'm happy to be here. That's one thing you said about me not long ago. You're like, you just show up, man. You do it. I'm like, yep, here I am. Once again. Showing up. Showing up. Well, thanks for showing up. So thanks for everyone who showed up to listen, whether yeah. it's on uh, KLFT Radio, right here in Lafayette, Louisiana, where we record, or on the podcast, or wherever it is. Yeah, I mean, people could be listening in Australia. Yep. So good day, mate. Yep. Yep, on the last show, we talked about how well uh, my language was and how I called the Pope a potato. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. So if you didn't get to listen to that show, listen to the last episode, and you'll get what I'm talking about. You'll get what we're putting down. Yeah. So anyway, man, when's the last time you've seen one of these, all right? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Yeah, I am deadly for real. Weird <laughs> things happen for me. I'm into this deadly for real thing. <laughs> okay, so when's the last time you've seen a legit workable workable flip phone Ooh, it happened some months ago okay when as you know i, I work at a parish daily Could you, okay so if i just mention flip phone like you have to scroll and oh yeah like, I, I don't know the last it. time but here's the thing if you're going to talk about when's the last time you saw it there's going to be a story with it oh yeah because there, there's no way that these things come into play without something interesting. <laughs> well, an, an older parishioner who needed help with uh, something wanted to call someone and said, could you help me? Right. And she had a flip phone. Right. So I, with buttons. With buttons. So I pressed the buttons. There you go. Which my kids would be like, what? Yeah. Buttons? Yeah. So I had an interesting encounter. I was walking out of uh, a church not long ago, and this guy walking a dog came up to my window and like was like nodding, kind of like roll down your window. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't like, not with his hands like, hey, you know, roll down the window. He, he made it clear like he wanted to talk. Basically staring at me in my window. <laughs> so I kind of assessed the situation. Is this guy dangerous? Does he have like a weapon? You know, so I rolled down my window. He looked like a fairly harmless guy, you know, honestly. You're walking a dog and, you know, older fellow, but not like really old. So he's like, hey, this is what he said. He goes, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? I was like, absolutely. He goes, What's the most important thing in your life? <laughs> this happened to you? This happened to me. Oh, my word. This morning. This morning. Really? Yeah. And I was, you know, I looked at him. I was like, well, that's a great question. I'm thinking in my mind. And I was just like, <laughs> Jesus is the most important thing in my life. And he goes, that's a great answer. I was like, well, yeah, it's kind of the only one I have, actually. And he goes, well, do you know what I do? I, like, I have no idea what you do, man. <laughs> I just met you? you. You just made me roll down my window. He goes, I write up stuff about Jesus, and I, and I send it to people. And I said, well, okay. He goes, do you want to get on the list? And I said, well, sure, man. I was like, you want my email? Like, do you email out a newsletter or, like, some type of constant contact, you know, form with, like, 
your exegesis on the Gospels? He's like, no, 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 no. And he pulls out his flip phone. I am not joking with you. He pulls out his flip phone and says, I text out. I text out what I write up about Jesus. And I want to get you on the list. Oh, my word. Did you? So what do you do in that moment, right? Like You just say, no, man. Hurt his feelings. You just go with it and just like let him feel really good about what he does. Or do you give him a fake number? Well, when I went to give him my number, like it took him forever to like figure out how to punch the number into his flip phone and then to save it. And then I don't know how he, does he have like a group thing. So you did this it? is like an ancient flip phone. Like yeah. this is like ancient. Like when he pulled it out, I was like, I haven't seen one of those in forever. <laughs> this is awesome. Can we trade? Like I literally wanted to like, <laughs> can you just take this smartphone from me? Like I was actually jealous oh, yeah. of his phone. And the fact that when I said email or anything like that, he looked at me like I had two heads. Like I was jealous of him. Yeah. In that moment, because I feel like I'm, I have way too much information. It does seem pleasant to live in that universe. And I think I might just go back to it, honestly. Like, what? I feel a little convicted. So, anyway, so no, so I just gave him a card with my number on it, and he's going to put my number in. And I can't wait to get this first. We should share it I on I cannot air. wait to get this first writing. Like, it could be, of my surprise, the best thing ever. Yeah. It or could it, be. Or it could be just like, gibberish it could be but like, either way we should talk about it on air because yeah that's something no either way it's gonna be see that doesn't that kind of stuff doesn't happen to me it seems to happen to you sometimes stuff like that <laughs> happens to me all the time and i don't know if it's because i'm looking for it i don't know if it's like <laughs> paranoid i don't know if it's people like i have something written on my forehead it's like just approach this guy talk to him inconvenience him do whatever you can <laughs> i don't know it's because i pray in the mornings like lord just you know put just me in show contact up, huh? I, I don't know <laughs> i just <laughs> don't know but stuff like that happens to me all the time it's like your gift i you, don't know you attract <laughs> all <of> these things <laughs> and these people <laughs> yeah which is wonderful yes so anyway uh i'll share on air when we get it when I get it, if if it gets text, but um, I think the next time you see me, man, I might have a flip phone. That's commitment right there. Yeah, and I and I do honestly want to talk a little bit about that. Like I think just I've been really challenged lately. You know, we talked last week about Saint Francis, and we didn't get to talk a whole lot into his life. Uh, you know, details like we talked big picture and and some things, but I've been just like like just you know challenged like to just be a little bit more disconnected in a sense from like information and just, you know, I feel cluttered. Yeah. You know, like, like mentally cluttered, spiritually cluttered, physically cluttered. Like I want to just get rid of some stuff. Simplify. I want to simplify. Do you ever feel that way? Oh yeah. Like every day. Like, and I do think that sometimes we're uncomfortable with that word. There's two words we're uncomfortable. Well, one we're really uncomfortable with, like when Jesus says, "Sell all your things and follow me." Mm -hmm. Like Christians just get really squirmy and like, well, that's not really what he meant. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, when did Jesus not actually say what he meant? Like, not, I, not often. Not often. But we get squirmy with it, and certainly, like I, I know there's there's ways, and we live in a world, but like, so we get squirmy about that, and then we get 
squirmy with words like simplify or detached. But I think the reason we get squirmy about those, and myself included, that's why I'm talking about it, is because, you know, it's what Jesus is often asking us to do. And yet when we do those things, we feel so much better, but yet we don't want to do those things. It's like taking bad medicine, but it's good for you. It tastes really bad, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But the after effects is like, I feel so much better, right? It's like going to the doctor and getting probed. It's like, why are you doing that? Oh, yeah, right. Like, okay, like I, you had to give me a shot in that area, but I feel so much better. Like Jesus, the great physician. Like literally we know Jesus as the great physician, right? Mm -hmm. The guy who heals, the guy who knows what's best for us, and yet... If he's a great physician, there's oftentimes like, no, nah, I just don't want to take the medicine that he has to offer. Yeah, you can't be a disciple like that for sure. I mean, simplifying our life is, we look at it as limiting our life, imprisoning ourselves, like for example, to a, to a flip phone, like, oh, I'd be in prison. Can't, I got to get out of this flip phone. But in reality, it's freedom. It's human freedom. And the reason why poverty, chastity, obedience, or lives of religious, like that's the life they live, is right. because they're free to follow Christ in that life, more so than if they weren't. Yeah. And... That's true. Now that we're, you know, I'm not a religious, you're not a religious, but that type of freedom is still offered to us to the extent we can have it. Yeah. The freedom of simplicity is not just a suggestion, suggestion... But it's a command from the Lord, which implies if we were a serious disciple, we would be simplifying our life constantly. Yeah. You know, I've never met a religious, and for those who you know don't know much about religious, people who live, live in religious orders or the religious life or whatever the case, they, they do take those vows of chastity, mm -hmm. poverty, and obedience. Yeah. Right? I've never met like a religious who wasn't happy. I'm trying to think. Very rare. If I have, it was like the simplicity. Like the, you could just. Mm -hmm. There's a certain detachment from the world that they, they don't worry about certain things that I worry about. You worry about, and they they're living a different vocation. Like I have five kids, and I got a lot of different worries than, than they do. And my life's more complicated because I have kids. I can feed them, and I got bills and a house, and they go to school, and I'm married. You know, like so we're we're called to different things in life. So like I'm not called to that type of life. I do often envy their simplicity because I think there's certain beauty and a witness to it. But the reality is I can figure out in my life and in the world that I live in how to be more simple and more detached. Like I don't have to do all the things that everyone else does. Like I could get a flip phone and I could survive. And it might be really cool actually for me, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it might just be that it's great for you for a year or two months. Yeah, I'm not saying And it. then the Lord says, all right, it's time to get here's back. What, here's what I'm saying. I think there's a certain human element in us all, every one of us, mm -hmm. that desires detachment. Yeah. I just think... Because like, we when, desire freedom. We desire freedom. And when he flipped out his flip phone, when he flipped out his flip phone, he didn't have to say anything to me like, don't you want one of these? <laughs> like, as soon as he pulled out his flip phone, like, I just thought immediately... Wow. He has so, like... He's free. He's free. 
Like he's not even. So it just automatically attracted me something. Yeah. Of something that I want. Like I, I don't want to carry this phone around with me all the time where I have access to text messages and emails and, you know, internet and constantly being in contact with people and the Twitterverse and constantly being bombarded. Like there's a part of me as a human, I think all of us just wants to be detached from all the craziness. And I think that's where prayer comes in. And this is what I want to talk about. And I want to talk about my trip to Phoenix. It was interesting. So it's Paul and Adam talking art of living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here. Adam Conk talking art of living all things to all people. Ooh. Jesus. That's true. He is all things to all people. Yeah, not some people. All people. All people. The catechism tells us that Jesus came for all people. I mean, the gospels tell us, scripture tells us, St. Paul tells us. Not something that we have to look at. So anyway, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really deep intro. Yeah, it really was. So anyway, um, <laughs> so speaking of flip phones, I just got back from Phoenix, Ooh. Arizona. Was it hot? It was hot, very. Although it was fall. Which it, for them means like what, 100? It was 100. And people, really? People were like, man, That's crazy. it feels so much better. <laughs> what a relief. It's 100. <laughs> So speaking of flip phones, uh, I could have never had a flip phone in Phoenix. One, because when I got there, I rented a car for the time that I was there. So I was doing a parish mission, doing a few talks, other places, Solidarity Health Share. Uh, I gave a talk for their staff. So I went out to their offices, offices. I did a talk at a school, faculty, and then a parish mission. But anyway. You are busy. So I had to rent a car because it was going to be all over. And... I could have never done that with a flip phone. One is right. I rented the car on my phone. I picked up the car on my phone. Got to the place Probably on my paid phone. paid for it on your phone. Directions. And then then you have, you know, the GPS on your phone to get around yeah. a really big city on your phone. And so there are advantages to the non-flip phone. There are. So Like, I didn't you- have to rent a uh, GPS. Like, you can rent a GPS when you rent a car. It's like $15 a day or something, whatever. $15 a day? Something or total, but I say $15 because I had a phone with a GPS. That's what I'm telling you. So Per day. So I simplified. Right. Maybe a smartphone is simplifying. It just depends on how Jesus... Maybe you can have a smartphone and just turn off your data. You're like your internet or Mm -hmm. get rid of some apps. Like maybe you can simplify by... When you get home, you just plug it in. You never look at it. You know like, what I did for Lent last year? That was kind of like that. A tent for Lent. You can, you can adjust your uh, settings on your phone to where it's grayscale. 
So your phone is completely functional like it always is, but you don't see color. Hmm. It'll blow your mind. And you just don't even want to look at it. It'll blow your mind. You can also actually, on your phone, you can turn off the data, which means you don't get internet. Right. Or you can put it on analog, which means that you, you can literally only use it as a phone. Yeah. You know, so when most people are like, well, I need my phone because I need a call because emergency or I need it. Okay, fair enough. Like, you need a phone. We'll just put it on analog and then you don't get all, all your information. So there's different ways of simplifying. Mm-hmm. And detaching. And detaching. But the only way you know how to simplify or to detach is to actually ask Jesus how he wants you to do that. Right. Right. You know, like, like for everyone, it's different. God calls us all to detachment and simplicity and some type of poverty, right? To sell something, to give it away, to love the poor. Like, you cannot read the Gospels as a Christian and not say Jesus doesn't talk about those things. Right. And when Jesus talks about something, he doesn't mean it for some people. When Jesus talks about something, he means it for all of us. And so we have to look at the context of what he's saying and saying, how does that apply to my life? What is Jesus asking me to do, right? And so if I'm in a McDonald's, and some guy's digging through the trash for food. Like, I know what the gospel says. Do I have eight bucks? I can buy this guy food? Yeah, is it inconvenient? Did I want to spend the eight bucks on this guy today? No, I wanted to keep it for myself. But what does the gospel ask me to do? Feed the guy. Right? It's pretty simple. Like, that's the poor person that I'm going to feed that day. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't need to go to the soup kitchen that day. I don't need to start a, a, a homeless ministry like the guy in the McDonald's is the poor person that I fed this week. That's for me. It might be different for someone else. Like I have a friend who who does that full time. Not feed people in McDonald's, but like <laughs> feeds s- people. Feeds people, right? Yeah. So it's different for everyone. But Jesus doesn't say feed the poor, and that skips me. But it doesn't skip you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't say, you know, sell everything just to me. And not to you. Like he says it to everyone. So how does that apply to my life? Well, the only way that I know Jesus is asking me to detach and simplify and serve the poor and love others is if I'm spending time talking to Jesus about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the problems with the way we live life in America today is that we've complicated life in general so much that even if someone wants to follow Jesus with simplicity, okay, Lord, one, we might be really confused about how to do that. So in other words, all right, Lord, where do I start? And the answer to that might be incredibly difficult, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know where to start. But two, I think we got to remember, you know, like if, if we're living at a different time, a different place, living a simple life might mean I hunt for my food during the day or I fish right. or I grow it and I just work hard all day and then I, then I go to sleep Yeah, and, and I pray. Like, that does sound pretty dang simple, and that's why a lot of religious orders will live a life like that. Right. Because it is very simple. But in reality, can I do that in my city right now? Probably not. Right. Because it's just not the same. Um, I might need to... Maybe God is calling me to move somewhere else where I can be on a farm or fish or hunt. But then I've just taken the gospel away from my city. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's 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 super complicated. Exactly. So we need each other. We need to be talking right. about these things and figure exactly. this stuff out together. Exactly. You know, some persons listen to this, they live in a city of six million people and they're sitting in a cubicle or they're a boss or a CEO. That's where Jesus is calling them. Their mission's yeah. right there. So how is Jesus calling them, that specific person, to 
serve Jesus and the people there, right? Yeah. Like if if every Christian just just went live in the religious order or sold everything and went live on a farm, like then the gospel's not being preached in all places. Right. Right. Well, and for somebody like St. Paul, going into the city eventually meant he'd be in prison. And that may be the case. And it may be the case that the bravest Christians are the ones willing to stay in the city. Right. But it doesn't excuse them from the radical simplicity and detachment that we all need to have. Exactly. So there's something... If there's not something different about a Christian, then Christianity is not different. Mm -hmm. Then it's not attractive. So what we really have to look at is, like, what's different about me... Not that I don't, I dress differently or like people are like, he's super awkward. I can't relate to him. No, I'm talking about like, if Jesus is transforming me as a Christian, like there's got to be something attractive about me. Maybe, maybe it's joy. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, I live simply in certain parts of my life and, and people are like, why? Or, yeah, I don't know. But like, it's got to bring up conversation with, with people. Yeah. To, to the point where they're attracted by my detachment. You know, yeah. like, you know, why don't you do this or have that? I mean, I could. I just choose not to. Well, why? You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, so whereas religious or people who sell their own, we talk about St. Francis or whatever the case may be, is there's certain attraction to that lifestyle because I think there's an attraction of their life that we see, a certain joy and detachment they have. We can all have that. The only way we're going to know how to have that in our specific vocation and situation is if we're asking the Lord to show us how to do that. Yeah. And what that looks like. And I think it's important to remember, too, that simplicity, detachment, we're talking about a habit of life, not so much a process. And we live in a society where everything's either a process or an ideology, right? So if it's like, uh, you know, I need to lose weight or live a more healthy uh, food diet lifestyle, well, then I need a process for that. I need a keto diet. I need mm-hmm. vegan. I need, like, in other words, what's the process I'm going to use? Or an ideology, like, oh, I don't believe in uh, smartphones or technology, like, and I'm, I'm committed to it. Like, that's what, right. and You're that's what's going to save me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking right. about a, a habit of life where we seek constantly every day to be more attached to Christ yes. and less attached to the world. Right. And it, that's all we're talking about. Right. So, so for me, like with my, I guess the question that I have to ask, I'm not telling other people to ask this question, but me is, would I be willing to give up this phone if Jesus asked me to? And I think the question is like, I think I would. Mm -hmm. Like, would it be hard? Yeah, but I would take the flip phone. I don't want the flip phone, but I would do it if Jesus asked me to. But the only way I'm going to know Jesus asked me to is if I ask Jesus what he wants me to do, right? Daily. Jesus, Jesus may not yeah. just say, don't worry about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But but here's the deal. Like, And those are all levels of our life, you know? I mean, there's certain things that Jesus absolutely wants us to give up because they're sinful. Oh, yeah. They're harmful to us. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I need to ask Jesus whether I should stop sinning. No, you don't. Jesus already told you to stop sinning. You need to get rid of it. You need to work on that. Yeah, I do too. We all do. And here's what was interesting about my trip to Phoenix. So I rent a car and I did all those things, but I did it parish mission this parish for two nights and before going out there i asked them like what's the goal that your leadership your pastor whatever you guys want to accomplish with this mission you know and they had a lot of goals you know like we want the people who attend to to be renewed and have an encounter and uh yada yada but here was their main goal which i thought was was neat is that they are really trying to push 
um, Eucharistic adoration in their parish, mm-hmm. in and in and even more so perpetual adoration chapel that they have. That they already have. Um, that they already have, and and then, but to to really make that, really kind of a center and a focus for people in the parish, mm-hmm. which I was like, wow, is there anything better than making Jesus the center of your parish? Yeah, and the fact that Jesus is the center of your parish, the fact that you want people to pray and spend time with Jesus in the chapel, mm-hmm. I can't think of a better goal for a parish. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> that sounds good to me. That's a great goal. Like, that the pastor wants Jesus to be the center of the parish, and he wants people to spend time with Jesus in prayer, and in prayer, he knows that people will have an encounter with Jesus, and that Jesus will be leading them, and then Jesus will tell them how to live their life, and this will become a, a, an experience of a community doing this. Yeah, and that's really the only... It, it's one of the benefits of technology, Let's say that, and this it's often overlooked, but adoration chapels or perpetual adoration chapels that are not at a monastery are a new phenomenon for a very simple reason: alarm clocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And so for those people who are listening, like when we talk about chapel, it's, you know, chapel, you, know, you have a church, but mm-hmm. a church might have a side chapel, a chapel to pray. Uh, we talk about an adoration chapel, specifically talking about a chapel that has. The Eucharist, the consecrated host in there, right? Right. Exposed. Exposed. 24 hours. When we talk about perpetual adoration. So not every chapel has perpetual adoration. No. Some chapels, um, like we know a local church, we go, it's it's a chapel, but it's not perpetual adoration chapel. It's chapel Jesus in the tabernacle. Right. It's adoration chapel. Perpetual adoration. Perpetual meaning it just... Never ends. Never ends. It's perpetual. Uh, Adoration means that Jesus is exposed in the Eucharist, you know, in the Eucharist, Jesus is exposed in the monstrance 24-7, yeah. never-ending, which means there's a big commitment to the people in the parish, because if Jesus is in the monstrance, there has to be someone present with him. Right? With him. Yeah. And so it, alarm clocks and things make it possible for someone to wake up at 1 a.m., drive yeah, over dude. to church, be with him for an hour, and then go home, and hopefully go back to sleep. Um, so some things we take for granted as always being there, adoration chapels are a great new thing in the church, which means if it's going to spread or if we're going to, things have to change in a church. So people's habits, for example, um, we might have a church where there's two or three daily masses every day. Yeah. But when we try to have adoration, people don't show up. Right. And it can get very discouraging. And we can say, oh, well, we just won't do it here. But, you know, over time, if, the, if, if our goal is that our parish is Christ-centered, you can't get around people being with Jesus in the Eucharist. Like, that's, that's the main way that the church has given us, that Christ has given us, to be with Jesus is in the Eucharist. Right. So, <laughs> to be patient and to set little goals, right, to accomplish people being more interested in spending time with Jesus is a good thing to do in a parish. And it is a new idea in the church, so... But it is a good idea. Yeah. And that's the thing. is like not every parish is called to perpetual adoration. Right. Right. Um, and so like we're, that's not what we're saying. And, and I like the fact that this specific parish and pastor prayed and discerned like this is what their parish is called to do. And not every person who goes to adoration perpetual signs up is supposed to go at 2 a.m. 
No. But that person that goes at 2 a.m. is committed. <laughs> and I have mutual, I have mucho respect, not mutual, because <laughs> I am not the one that mucho. goes at 2 a.m., right? Mucho grande. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's the fascinating thing is like at the end of the day, like are we willing to make Jesus the center of our life and and spend some time in prayer so that he he can tell us how to live our life, you know? So we talk about this idea of the art of living. Like this is not like some cool term. Like this is what Jesus came to do, to teach us the art of living, the art of living in freedom, right? Right. And Pope Benedict talked about that. He talked about that specifically in his writings when he said, you know, Jesus came to teach us what? The art of what it means to live. Yeah, and freedom, uh, an essential aspect of human freedom is what we would call simplicity. Yeah. And there's no way around that. If we're not, you know, the Lord uh, complimented Nathaniel. Um, he said he was, n- there's no duplicity in him. I love that. Duplicity is the opposite of simplicity. Duplicity to Two, two within one. Mm-hmm. Sim is, you know, one. So, like, simplicity versus duplicity. Simplicity is essential for following Christ hmm. and for the freedom Christ wants to bring us. And if we're not willing to be simple... And, again, we're not talking about going through a process or committing to an ideology. Now, I like that because a few shows ago we talked about doubt. Yeah. Coming from duo, which means duplicity. Right. Two, like, being kind of, like, split between one or the other. And I love this. Like, I didn't know that about simplicity, the word sim, meaning one. Like, that just like that just makes so much sense, right? Like, we're really called to be about one. Like, to really be, there's something attractive about it. There's no one who gets to the weekend and just wants to detox. Everybody's just like, man, I just, whew, I just need to exhale. I just need to breathe. You know, like, everybody gets, everybody desires yeah. simplicity, even though, whether we do it or not. We desire it. Yeah, and I, I think a good place to start in America is, I, I think when we hear this message, we might think materially, because we're so wealthy in America, and we are. In the history of the world, there's never been any society as wealthy as we are. We live we live like kings and queens lived just 200 years ago. Like, every one of us lives that way. We have yeah, all, like middle all class, the food we could want. Class. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the food so. we could want, all the traveling we might want to do um maybe we want to do more but like we get to go places it's not like there are places that are off limits and we'll never go there like if we want we can go anywhere in the world um so anyway we we think materially but i think a better place to start is time Hmm. simplifying our time of the day and what we do when which will then filter into our material life i think you know if we for example am i gonna spend time with jesus every day or not right it's a pretty simple thing and if I'm going to follow him, I have to. Yep. So if I'm not doing that daily, that's where I need to start to simplify my life, to have uh, one heart, not many hearts. You know, like not a divided heart, but one heart living for the Lord. And for most of us, I think 90% of us, it's it's the morning time um, before yep. our day starts to be with Jesus. Amen to that. So when we come back, we're going to talk about how do we live with a single heart, simplicity. We'll be right back. It's Paul and Adam, Art of Living. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, 
Solidarity HealthShares members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George, Adam Conk, good friend. I've been promoted again. And graying every day. Thanks, man. Adam Conk. Yep. Like a majestic wolf. Yeah, your voice is like milk chocolate, Adam. Whoa. Yeah, you like that? You're just unrolling the compliments today, man. Yeah, Appreciate it. (laughs) Exactly. Adam, (laughs) it's been a while since we've played this game, so we're going to do it. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Six-pack of questions. All right. Question. So we're going to do this a little bit different Uh-oh. today. Six pack of questions. We're going to go back and forth. Whoa. Ooh. Can I start at least? You're, I... Yeah, you start. Okay. So we're talking about simplicity. Okay. Have you ever sung like heart-wrenching, put everything you got into it, Simple Kind of Man by Leonard Skinner? Um, can you sing a little bit of it? So remind me what it what it sounds like. Be a simple kind of man. Dun, 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 dun. Never. Never? Never. But I have sung a Lionel Richie song called Easy Like Sunday Morning. Like with I'm all your easy, heart. I'm easy like Sunday morning. With everything you got? Yeah, with everything I have. And there's something very simple about that song. It's just... It's easy. It's easy. Like Sunday mornings are very, like, like honestly, like to tie this all in, like Sunday mornings, I think all of us are just like, ah, oh, day of rest. Oh, I just don't want to do anything, right? There's something we all desire about that. It's beautiful. All right. So that was your question. Yeah. Okay. Cause who, okay. So question number two, uh, since you are a musician, oh, ooh, what is the most simple instrument to play? Huh. And when you just want to fiddle around with music, do you just go to that instrument? It's actually a good question because I've thought about it some. Because um, being involved in the music world, I, I play a few instruments, and they each have their benefits, you know, when you're a musician. I mean, when, when you think music and you're able to think music apart from an instrument, you can actually play any instrument in the world as long as you have enough time to fiddle with it because people think like, oh, there's a saxophone brain and a guitar brain and a piano brain. That's just not the case. Right. There's a music brain, um, but there is a passion for an instrument where you learn how to play that instrument well that's different. There's a set of skills and sensitivities that's different to, say, a cello versus like a piano whatever. So when I sit down, I just want to simply play music. Like I'm not... You don't. Have, yeah, I just want to have fun and enjoy playing it. I'll pick up a guitar. Gotcha. Even though that's not maybe the best instrument, but to me, there's a simplicity about it um, that's easy. The piano's a little more complicated, um, but a lot of people love the guitar. I think for that reason, and most musicians today, because of popular music, I guess when they start out with music, they want to pick up a guitar. Right, but a lot of sense. good musicians can play multiple multiple instruments. You know, piano, other things. Like it translates. But yeah, the simplicity, I think, of just picking up a guitar and just kind of plucking on it. Something human about it. Yeah. I don't know. I can't do that, but I do appreciate people who can. Hmm. Well, then that leads into a question number three. Okay. 
Have you ever tried to learn an instrument? Yeah. Yeah. Wh- which one? Guitar. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I just couldn't do it. Man. All right. So, real question number three. Okay. Uh, question number three. So, let's say we're somebody who today's show really convicts us. Yeah. And like, I want to simplify. Mm-hmm. I want to simplify. Um, is there something we should know not to do? In other words, could we could we uh, do something irreparably harmful to our life by trying to get rid of things too quickly or like yeah. mm-hmm. how what would you say to warn us about that's a good question i think i i experience this sometimes in lent mm-hmm. is i sometimes one of my biggest failures of lent is i've tried to go big too fast and then what ends up happening is i make it worse on everyone else around me <laughs> so like i give up too much and then i end up really hangry <laughs> and then when i'm hangry i'm really mean and then it's miserable for everyone and then you're not feeling too holy at the moment yeah so it it did the opposite effect like it didn't make me any holier and it didn't make the people around me any holier so i think a lot of times when we're convicted about something like we we go too big too fast instead of small steps forward so instead of you know going home and ripping every clothes out of your closet and selling <laughs> everything you have and your family comes home and be like we have nothing like <laughs> Like, just start small. Like, maybe just go through your closet and be like, what don't I wear that I could just give away? You know, mm-hmm. start small with, you know, how much money could I save this week to buy a homeless person a meal? You know, like, start small instead of just selling everything and going buy a soup kitchen. I'm not saying that. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think the small steps are the best ways to just continue to move us forward and keep us conscious of Christ being active in our life daily. And I think that's what I try to do more and more. And so I don't go as big during Lent, you know, that I try to I try to have a little bit of Lent all year round, in a sense. Nice. Yeah. And Lent just kind of intensifies it, but it's something you're doing all the time. Yeah. All right. So question four. This is for you. So we're going back and forth. I don't know if you know that. It's freaking me out, but let's yeah, do so it. Boom, boom. <laughs> it went boom, 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 now boom. 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 Okay, so you were talking about uh, in the last segment about time mm-hmm. and the calendar, which I think is huge to talk about. So, what would be some advice that you would have when you're talking about simplicity of time? Because I think that's something that we all probably struggle with. Is we never feel like we have an, enough time, and and yet, yeah. So, what would be your advice there? Well, I would advise to have the goal of being faithful to an actual, literal time every day with the Lord. Hmm. Now, here's what I mean by that. Really important things, we expect this. For example, work. It's like work starting at this time. You have to be there at that time. So we usually get there a little early to make sure we're there at that time, right? Right. So when things are massively important to us and to the community, we naturally express that importance by a fidelity to time. We make time for it. We make time for it and we stick to it. And it's a way to measure fidelity. So for example, if I'm late to work every day, my boss can say, you're late to work every day, there's a problem. You're not faithful to the job. We measure fidelity by time Mm. when it's an important thing. And so with the Lord, there are ways to set that time every day that can be a measure of fidelity. For example, in the clerical world and religious world, there's a requirement to pray certain times of prayer, the Liturgy of the Hours. Now, different communities will set different times when it should happen. 
you know, maybe 6 a.m. for morning prayer, 7 a.m. for morning prayer, whatever. Right. But those in the community are expected to be there at 7 or when else. prayer starts. <laughs> yeah. Or else, hey, you're not being faithful to prayer. And that level of accountability to the Lord, to showing up on time, to me builds, it starts to build a life that makes sense and is simple because simple it might sound like we're complicating our relationship with God if we say I show up to prayer at the same time every day, but in fact... It simplifies it. It's a simple fidelity. It's my time with Jesus. There's nothing more simple than I'm just faithful to prayer time every day. Yeah, and someone's told me before, and and I really see this to ring true in my life and other people's life, if you want to know something about someone, just look at their calendar. Yeah. Right, where they spend time, where they're, you know, time will tell you what's important to people. Yeah. Right. Well, and I would say if you're struggling keeping that prayer time every day, I would say do the liturgy of the hours. It's here's why. There's a rhythm. Here's why it's simple. Yeah. Liturgy of the simple. hours is simple. You don't have to invent it. Yeah. You don't have to think, what do I pray this week? Oh, maybe I should be doing a rosary. Maybe I yeah. should be doing Lexio Divina, whatever. All those things are great, but you don't have to think about liturgy of the hours. You simply open the book and you do it. Yeah. And it's a way to be faithful that's not exhausting. Yeah. And we so. can complicate prayer sometimes. Sometimes we just need to simplify, read the gospel, do the liturgy of the hours, yep. just spend time with Jesus, just simplify. So yeah. that's that's a good encouragement. Thanks. Yep. Question number five. Whoa. It's going boom, back boom, to you. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Question number five. So you've worked with a lot of people on this simplification issue. Right. Because it's universal. Yeah. Right. Can you share with me an experience where somebody who had a lot of money, let's say, or had a lot of responsibilities, but nailed simplicity? In other words, they have way more complications than I do, but yet they nailed simplicity. Yeah. Actually, honestly, talked about this in a chapter in my book about detachment. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's where really the motivation for that chapter came from. One is for the Gospels, but um, there was a time in... That uh, I mean, I have a lot of friends who do different things, but one of the biggest witnesses to me of the Christian life in, in my in my life have been people who have been blessed by through their work and jobs with a lot. Like for some reason, they just made a lot of money, you know, and they never really even sort of intended to. Um, but here, so here's where I'm going with this, like. They have a lot of money that God's blessed them tremendously because of the work they do and their talent or whatever the case may be. Um, and yet in the midst of all that, their generosity and detachment from their money was like eye opening to me because a lot of people who have a lot of things, they're very attached to those things mm-hmm. and are very prideful of those things. And look how hard I worked and what I did and what I earned and this is mine. And one of the greatest Christian witnesses to me were people who had a lot, who were completely detached from it, who were almost like, yeah, I could do without it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a good steward of it. And so they're very generous, not only with their time or their their resources, their money, their home, and it was just like beautiful. So wherever you fall on that scale, it, detachment, simplicity, um, giving has nothing to do with how much you have but it's an internal detachment of what you're willing to do with what God has given you. Inspiring. Yeah. So I get the last question. The last word, so to speak. So question number six, uh, what would be like 
an encouragement you would give people where they might feel like, I don't know, you know, simplicity and a detachment, but like, like Jesus doesn't do this to make us miserable, Mm. but free. So what encouragement would you give people? Well, one, I would say you're going to get discouraged immediately. One, either just these ideas discourage you because you feel like you are attached, you can't do without, and so feel like a bad Christian. (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. Two, you're going to try to simplify. It's going to be hard for you. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to feel like a bad Christian. So the encouragement I would give you is you need to be discussing these ideas with at least two to three people who can encourage each other to make small daily progress. Mm -hmm. And when you fail, we all have to accept the fact that we're not saints. We all just have to accept it. And don't pretend that you are. Don't expect yourself. We're not perfect. Don't expect yourself to be that. And when you set it, for example, you set a prayer time every day and every night, which I would suggest, but let's say, you know, 6.30 a.m. prayer time and then, you know, 9.30 p.m. prayer time to starting in the day, and you you just blow it, like, all week. Like, you don't do it. Yeah. That's not a time to say it didn't work. That's actually, it worked, because what it showed you was you do struggle in your fidelity to Jesus. Hmm. Is that a surprise to you? It shouldn't be. We all struggle in our fidelity to right. Jesus. Or maybe you set the time for 6.30 and the baby woke up at 5. Right. And then so you're just Maybe like, it was the wrong time. It was the wrong time. Or you can just say, well, let me move that time to when the baby takes a nap. Exactly. Or at my lunch break, instead of going here, I'm just going to pray. So Jesus is so flexible with us in a sense of like, oh, that didn't work? Well, I'm still here. Yeah. Like, let's just let's adjust. Work on it. Let's adjust. But the only way to keep out of rationalizing yourself out of fidelity to Jesus is in small community. Because I could just tell myself, yeah, talk to two to three people about it who also have a small baby, who also have the same kind of job. That's great advice. And say like, well, how do you handle this? How do you pray every morning? Um, And I've oftentimes, like in times of maybe fasting, I have friends that are doing a fast right now. They're doing it together. Like there's accountability Mm -hmm. in the fast because they know what they're going to fail. And they know too, they need each other to, to keep going. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times, like when you do things like that, like make sure you have accountability and people with you. Yeah. And just just give up the idea in your mind that you're already perfect. Honestly, to me, that's the biggest block of a simple life, because when we feel like we should be, but we're not, Mm -hmm. we fill our life with all kind of things. Like I feel I should I should be more than I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to become more powerful, more um, influential at work, more whatever. When we're not satisfied with who we are, Mm -hmm. that's when things get not simple. They complicated. So just give it up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to chew on that. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Uh, good show, man. Really appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Thanks, Paul. everyone, for listening. Get the show on podcast. Discovertheartofliving.com. You could support the show. You can do all those things. You can share it. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, we'll see you, you next week. You can share the show. Yep, you can do that. Sharing is caring. Sharing is simply caring. That is simple. Share yeah. the show. You could, uh, you know, somebody needs to hear this message today. That's it. You can share it with them. Amen. Simple. All right, it's Paul and I'm Art of Living. Talk to you next week. God bless.